Amen. Believe he's able. Turn with me tonight. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Turn with me to the second chapter of the book of Exodus, if you will. It's good to see each and every one of you. Praise God. I'm going to be reading chapter 2 of Exodus. I'm going to start with verse 23. I'm just going to read a few verses and then I'm going to have you be seated. Praise the Lord. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, worshipers, for ushering in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Exodus 2, chapter 2, verse 23, and it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. The one that had covenant with uh, Jacob and Joseph and had allowed them to come into the country, he passed away and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage that they cried and their, and their cry came up unto God by reason of bondage. Verse 24, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Why don't you lift your hands for just a moment? Father, we love you, and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the word of the Lord, and I pray that you would help us tonight that you would open our understanding and our hearts and help us to receive what you have for us. And we'll give you the praise for it in the name of Jesus. Why don't you clap your hands as you're being seated? Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to help us. You believe it? Praise the Lord. We read the word of the Lord and we find where Joseph had went into bondage and uh, he was in the dungeon. He had already bypassed Potiphar's house and the pit and, and everything else that he endured. But God had elevated him up for a reason. Amen. God always has a reason. Somebody needs to hear me tonight. God always has a reason, amen? Sometimes we don't understand some of the things that we endure, some of the things that we're facing, and, and sometimes it does, it does not look fair. Amen. I don't like going through some of the things that I've been through, and I don't like seeing the people of God having to endure some of the things that they've been through, but there's always a purpose, and there's always a reason. Amen. God is always working. Yeah, somebody needs to hear this preacher tonight. God's for you. God is for you. And if God is for you, who can stand against you? Praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what obstacle that stands in front of you. If God's for you, there's nothing that can defeat you. You need to understand tonight, you're already victorious by virtue of God being for you. I think you need to just say it every now and then. God's for me. God's for me. And if God's for me, who or what can stand against me? That's in the book. Amen. Who can defeat me? Who can keep me from accomplishing what God has called me to do? And although Joseph endured the pit, he endured Potiphar's house and the betrayal. He endured the prison. 
He was elevated to a place in Egypt that brought him into a position where he could help his brethren. Amen? My Lord, I love the story of Joseph, and I love the Old Testament, and I love reading through uh, Genesis, and I, le- I love reading through Exodus, but I'm telling you, I'm glad that I'm living in the day that I'm living in right now. I like reading about those things. I like seeing what they accomplished, and I, I, I rejoice in seeing the resilience of the men of God and the women of God that stood up to the obstacles that they faced in that time. But thank God we live in the day that we live in today. Amen. I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful. I'd like to point at Calvary and say how thankful I am for Calvary and for what Jesus done by offering himself up as a sacrifice for the sins that I wasn't able to redeem myself. I wasn't able to redeem them, but he redeemed them for me. He went to the cross for me and he went to the cross for you. My Lord, I just feel like God's wanting to help somebody tonight. You need to understand the importance of yourself to Him. That there's nobody that's off of His radar. That He's concerned about everyone. Amen? That He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen? Hey, I'm quoting the book right now. You ought to be excited about it because such were some of you, amen? I know where I was and I know how lost I was. I know what kind of wilderness I was in, but thank God that he had the mercy that he extended unto me and he called me, praise the Lord. I, I Hey, I wasn't lost from him. I was lost from what I should be, amen? He was never lost. God's never been lost. I was just separated from him. Amen. David said, I was born in iniquity. I was shapen in iniquity. There wasn't nothing I could do about it. When I took my first breath, I was a sinner. But thank God for the redeeming power of the word, the Lord, and the name of Jesus that can save us, that can lead us, and that can help us. Praise God. And everything that you endure and everything that you think that you're going through right now that doesn't serve a purpose, if you'll just stay true to the word of God and you'll stay true to what God has called you and placed you where you're at, praise the Lord, there might be somebody watching you. There may be a set of eyes on you. They might just be watching and wondering. I don't think maybe I can make it, but if you can make it, there's hope. If you give up today, you never know what set of eyes are watching you. Joseph stayed true to everything that he faced. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. We wouldn't be reading about Moses tonight if there wouldn't have been a Joseph. Amen. If there wouldn't have been someone that held true, praise the Lord, they would have starved in Canaan before they came to Egypt and were saved. I know that Egypt, when we read about it and everything that the Egyptians were putting on God's people, that it was, it was, it was horrible, the bondage that they were in. But it wasn't always like that. 
just reel it back a few chapters and you see that that same place that has brought all the affliction and all the affirmities and all the oppression on God's people was also the same thing that saved them, praise the Lord. And hey, it was a mechanism of their salvation. And it brought them to a place where God could bring them unto the promise. Amen. Hey, I'm here to preach to somebody tonight. You may be going through a difficult time. You may be facing opposition. There may, life may be spinning horribly out of control, but you're right in the place right now where God wants you to be. Praise the Lord. If you're here right now, there's hope. Amen. And God can save you and he can lead you to the place that he already has prepared for you. Long before there was Israel in Egypt, there was a land that was flowing with milk and honey. You need to wrap your head around that. Somebody needs to wrap their head around the idea tonight that long before your problem ever presented itself, God already had a solution. And just because you can't see it, that's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. How many hopes for some things tonight? Hey, I don't want to be stuck where I'm at. I'm hoping, praise the Lord. It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not. I can't see it. It's the evidence of things not seen. I can't see it today, but by my faith, I can picture it and I can visualize it. And I, God is, is dropping something inside of me that allows me, amen, to have hope. Without hope, we have nothing. Our hope is in him, amen. And here we find Moses being born in a time period where Egypt is bringing great turmoil upon God's people, Israel. Amen? It didn't take a rocket scientist for the Pharaoh, the new Pharaoh, to look around and say, you know what? There's more of them than there are of us. And if they had a mind, they could revolt against us and they could take over our land. Amen? So he started oppressing them. In fact is, he was so worried about them outnumbering them, he said, you know what else we're going to do? We're going to take the firstborn male out of every Hebrew family, and we're going to kill it. Think about living. Some of us get upset because we don't get the things that we want in life. Amen? Some of us get, we get a little, we can't drive the, same, the kind of car we want to drive. We can't live in the kind of house. Just think about if, they, if there was somebody that said, hey, you're firstborn son, here's what's going to happen with it. You think about, you want to talk about oppression and you want to talk about some things going wrong in the family, you take old Junior out. Praise the Lord. Moses' mama had Moses and seen, the Bible says he, she seen that he was a goodly child. And she put him, she didn't want to have, she didn't want happening to him what the decree had been ordered to happen. 
and she put him in a little basket. And she put some pitch on it. You know what pitch is? It's, it's the waterproofing, praise the Lord. It's, uh, what do you call it, Thompson's water seal for Egypt. Amen? So they pitched it, and they put, a, they put Moses in it, and, and the scripture says they closed the lid. They just didn't put the brother in there. They boxed him in. They made him a little coffin, and they set it out in the water, and it began to move down. And I don't know about what you know about the Nile, but the same Nile that I read about, praise the Lord, there's a lot of stuff floating around out there, amen? There's alligators and crocodiles and whatever else that eats babies floating around out there. But when God is in it, Nothing can stop it. I'm telling you that God has spoken some things into your life, amen, and just because you haven't seen it today doesn't mean that God's forgot about it. He still has his eye on you, and he still believes in you. He's still trusting in you. He still believes that nothing's going to happen to you and that you're not going to jump out and quit somewhere along the way. You know what the biggest fear was of happening to Moses? It wasn't the Nile getting him. That wasn't the biggest fear. It was not the Nile River destroying Moses. That's not what the biggest fear that could happen. The biggest fear that could have happened to Moses is that he was saved by Pharaoh's daughter, raised in his house, nursed by his own mother, and, and, and called a son of Pharaoh, and that he, the worst thing that could have possibly happened is that he accepted that as a way of life. Think about that. Because there's things that happen in life. And sometimes we'll take a left when we should have took a right. Or we'll go straight when we should have narrowed off somewhere in the fork of the road. Praise the Lord. And God intended for us to stay on his path. Praise God. And we were blessed anyway. There's no worse place to be than to be blessed by the world. And to, to cling to it. And leave God. Do you know how, how you need to wrap your head around what I'm preaching tonight? Because there's some of us, amen. I don't know of anybody in this world. I should wait a minute. Let me rewind that. I don't know of anybody in the United States that has it that bad. The worst still have it pretty good. Amen? Now, I know that we might not have everything we want. We might not have all the time everything we need. And there may be some very difficult things that are happening. There may be some people doing things to others that, that's not right. But we still have it pretty good. Amen? But we can't live in our prosperity in Pharaoh's house and neglect what God has called us to do. Because for such a time and an hour as this, we, I've heard it preached, amen. I've listened to tapes of old preachers that were preaching before I was ever born for such a time as this. But I'm telling you tonight, you're living in such a time as this. 
for such a time as this has God called you. For such a time as this has God placed you in this world and in, in this time period. For such a time, hey, you may think it's just some kind of an accident. You may think that one day you received a phone call that, hey, I need you to go over to Bernie. I, need, I know you were here one night, but Monday night, I want you to be over there. You may think that was an accident, but it was for such a time as this. Amen? Everything that happens happens for a reason. And we have the choice to make. Are we going to be obedient? Amen? Now, I'm not telling you Moses was perfect. He wasn't perfect. In fact, is when we read the scriptures, we find out that he goes and tries to take things into his own hands. Praise the Lord. How many has ever tried to do that? How many knows that when you feel a call of God on your life or you feel like God's placed you to, to influence somebody or sometimes you can get a little pushy? <laughs> Amen? You can do things the wrong. You can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. Amen? Moses seen some Egyptians whooping up on a Hebrew. Guess what he done? He said, you know what? God's called me to save. And that's what I'm going to do. And he injected himself and he murdered. Now you hear what I'm fixing to say. He murdered two Egyptians. You think you've got some stuff in your closet? You think you've got some things that you can't get forgiveness of? You think there's some things that you're running away from? Because Moses ran. And he ran all the way out into the wilderness. Praise the Lord. And he went and he found Jethro. And Jethro introduced him to his daughter. And, and he married his daughter, praise the Lord. And he stayed out in the wilderness right up into the point where God said, hey, you know what? Back where you wanted to start this thing and back where you felt a call to get involved in, in saving my people, now it's time. And you know what Moses says? Who am, who am I? Now, now he was ready back when it was the sword and the spear. But you're going to send me into Egypt to the Pharaoh, the most influential man on the planet with a rod. I don't have a spear no more. I don't have a sword. Oh, you're just going to give me a stick. Are you kidding me? In fact is, I'm standing here barefooted in front of a bush that's burning and it's not being consumed and I really don't understand all of this. And sometimes we get into that mode, praise God. God's doing a work in our life and we really don't understand everything that's going on. We just have to trust in him, praise God, that he knows more than we know. I, I, hey, Moses couldn't see the next step. The only thing he had to do was take the next step. And some of you are sitting here in this building tonight and you're saying to yourself, I don't know where I fit in. I don't even know where I belong. I don't know what I'm called to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, you've been holding on. You've been building yourself. You've been You've been faithful to God and now God's fixing to tap you and he's going to send you into the uttermost parts of the world to save his people, praise the Lord. And it may, it may not look like what, you may not ride in on a, on a white horse with, with blistering wings and a flame of fire. You may walk in with a stick in your hand. I wish I had a staff. 
We don't even have no staffs around here. Somebody needs to get some staffs. Praise God. Huh? Go get a staff, Hunter. Come on, son. My God, just to see him running, I'm getting encouraged. I'm getting encouraged in the Lord right now. Amen. Let somebody time him. How long is it going to take him to get back? You think it's going to be? Yeah, it probably. That brother's going, he'd be out there drinking a Dr. Pepper in his truck. We think that God, looky here. Come on with this. And that thing almost looked like a snake. You got it upside down, though, don't you? Kind of does look like a snake, doesn't it? You're going to send me into Egypt to the most influential and important man in the world. And you're going to tell me to release his servants, his slaves, the people that are keeping the bricks made, and you're sending me with a stick. Well, I'm not a genius. But I'd have been thinking, surely you can give me a spear. Or maybe a sword. Amen? He said, nope, you take it. You take it, and when you get to Pharaoh, he said, here's what I'm going to have you do. Throw it down. And when he threw it down, the stick turned into a serpent. That's How many can believe that? Can you believe that? I mean, it's kind of, it's, we don't want to, we want to think, well, wait a minute. Figuratively speaking, it, the scripture says it turned into a serpent. And he said, now then, reach down and take it by the tail. He took it by the other end. And it turned back into a stick. He said, now you take that and you go into Egypt. And if that's not enough for you, take your right hand and stick it in your bosom. He said, I'm fixing to show you some stuff. And he pulls it out. And it's leprous. There was nothing more scary in that time period than that. When he seen that, fear struck his heart. It was worse than seeing the snake on the ground. Are you with me? And then he said, stick it back in. And he pulled it back out. And it was probably in better shape than it was when he put it in there. It was restored. Amen? He said, now grab your stick. He said, no, wait a minute, before you send me, there's something I need to tell you because God don't know everything. Right? There's some things that, you know, he just doesn't know about me. I'm not a very good speaker. Now, if God hadn't figured out that he had a speech impediment by now, we've got a problem. Amen. We need another stick or something. He said, look, join yourself to your brother. And I'm going to show you what I can do. You see, if, if we, we look at some of the problems, and we, if he would have had a spirit, would it look like Moses done something? That's right. Amen. That's right. 
If he would have had a sword, it would have looked like, right? If he would have been an eloquent speaker, Brother Brian, and he could speak just and, and, and cause you to melt with words of wisdom, then it would have looked as though Moses had accomplished something. God was going to demonstrate just like he's going to demonstrate in this hour that he is sovereign and that he is in control of everything. Amen? Hey, somebody needs to hear me tonight when I tell you God's never relinquished any of his power. He's just as powerful today as the day he spoke, let it be. He's just as powerful today as the day that he released Moses to head out and head back to Egypt, praise the Lord. He's that powerful. He's not diminished in any power. takes off and I'll make a long story short he goes up before Pharaoh got Aaron with him he said hey God sent me and you're going to release his people well that didn't go over too good so you know what Moses said? I've got. Isn't it nice to always have an ace in the hole? That's a card saying for those of you that don't. But it's good to have something up your sleeve, isn't it? You got something that somebody else don't know about. You may think you know everything, but I know something you don't know. And Moses said, "Aaron, show him." And he threw his rod down. And it become a serpent. Now, I'm going to tell you something. He thought, I'm not Moses, but when he threw that head, Aaron, throw that rod down, he thought that Pharaoh was going to be so scared and so impressed that he was going to say, whoa, whoa, gather these people up and let them go. But that's not what happened. In fact, as he looked over at his sorcerers, the Bible says, and magicians, and he wiggled his finger at them, and they threw their rods down. I don't know how many of them there was. They threw their rods down, and they became serpents. Now, that would be disheartening to the unbeliever because now all of a sudden, my snake, my stick into a snake trick didn't get him. But not only that, he's got more snakes than I've got. And sometimes we look around, praise the Lord, and sometimes we'll look at other churches and we'll look at other denominations and we'll look at other, other believers and we'll say, hey, wait a minute, God has called me and brought me out and he's, he's given me a message, amen, just like he's given Moses and, and now all of a sudden they've got more snakes than we've got. Sometimes that's the truth in a church. You might just run into a few snakes. But listen to what happened. God's snake ate their snakes. Amen. He devoured them. It does not matter the severity 
of the things you're facing in life. God's already got it under control. Amen. And if he's called you to do it, he's going to see you through it. Praise the Lord. And we know that because the next thing that happens. Got to get my snake. Pick it back up. Turn it into a stick. Aaron's got it in his hand. And, and, and Moses tells Pharaoh, he said, all right, you didn't go for the, the stick into a snake trick. He said, now I'm fixing to show you what really God's fixing to do. He said, I'm going to go out and I'm going to smite the waters. And when I do, they're going to turn into blood. And everything that touches it is going to die. Amen. Every, every fish, every, everything that drinks, you're not going to be able to drink it. You're not going to be able to. And, and, and here he goes, and he's it's blood. But the old sorcerers were able to go out, and they were able to call blood. Amen. Isn't that discouraging? My God, you've sent me here to turn this world upside down and to, to make a difference in this world. And everything that you've given me to show Pharaoh is now failing me. God said, don't worry about it. I want you to go and we're going to call frogs up out of the river. And here come the frogs. And there were frogs everywhere. They had frogs up their nose. They had frogs coming out of their mouths. There was frogs that were invading homes, and they were everywhere. And I don't know how you feel about frogs. I don't really mind a frog or two, but I don't want frogs running up my nose and, and when I'm trying to sleep. And, you know, sometimes I like to get my mouth open a little bit. I don't want a frog crawling in there, praise God. I don't want frog for supper. Frog and beans, amen. They, it was bad. And the magicians, they weren't impressed by that. They called frogs. That's disheartening. We look across, we look sometimes, and we look out across this earth, and we wonder, God, you've given us this message, this apostolic message of salvation, and you've, 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 you've placed it upon us, and you've, 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 instilled into us that if we repent of our sins and we're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins and you fill me with your spirit that there's nothing, amen, that I just identify with you and that I'm saved, praise the Lord. And that's the only saving way to make heaven. That's what that book says. There's no other way. He said, I am the door. And any man that tries to enter in through any other door is the same as a thief. There's only one plan. There's only one God. There's only one method of salvation, and it's through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our Savior. And we stand back and we wonder. They've got more frogs across town than what we've got over here at Bluff City. And we see more frogs. And we see we look out into other cities and they're filling uh, football stadiums up. And it's full of frogs. Just hang on. Just hang on. God said, all right. We're going we're gonna to get rid of There was dead frogs everywhere. He said, we're going to stop this frog business. Pharaoh's heart was hardened even more. 
He said, all right. He said, I'm going to send you back out. And this time, Aaron, I want you to smite the dust of the ground. And when you do, the dust of the ground is going to, is going to become lice. Amen? Aaron smote the ground, and it became lice. Somebody needs to hear what I'm fixing to say. Pharaoh wiggled his finger again at his magicians, and they smote the ground, and it remained dust. Now there is a distinct difference between what the world is offering and what God is doing. Amen? And you need to hear what I'm preaching to you tonight. God's called you for such a time as this. This is the hour. We're not in the hour of the staff. We're not in the hour of the river turning into blood. We're not in the hour of frogs coming out, praise the Lord. But we're in the hour of dust where we're fixing to leave the enemy in the dust, praise God. I'm telling you that God is fixing to do some things that he's never done before on this earth. And it's going to be through his bride, the church, praise the Lord. We might as well get ready. We haven't seen it like it's ever been seen before. It's going to be so easy, praise God, for us to get the attention of everybody that needs some direction. Amen. They're going to look to us and they're going to say the world doesn't have anything to offer. There's nothing that the world can offer me, but God has all the answers and I'm going to follow him. There's fixing to be a true separation between God's people and the people of this world and the false doctrines of this world. You may not see it in the first demonstration. In fact, is the scripture tells us that there were some flies after that. And the livestock, they were stricken with pestilence. And, and there were boils that came upon the people and it still didn't phase Pharaoh. There was hail that beat the ground so violently that it beat every living plant down to nothing. It stripped all the heads off the barley and off the wheat. It was horrible. And to top that off, there were locusts that came in. If it wasn't bad enough that the hail beat everything down, the locusts came in and devoured everything that was left. God was demonstrating his power to the Hebrew people, praise the Lord, that I am God and I'm capable of anything. And if you'll trust in me and you'll follow with me and you'll be with me, I'll show you great exploits, amen? You won't have to worry. There's going to be a clear demonstration between them and us. I want to reel it back. When the pestilence hit the livestock, guess whose livestock it didn't get? Guess whose fields weren't destroyed? 
God's fixing to do a work and this world is going to be turned upside down and they're not going to be able to believe in it and it's going to take something to get their attention and they may, they may not be affected by the stick turning into a snake and they may not be affected by the blood turning, uh, the water turning into blood or the frogs coming out of the river or, or, or the, the lice and, and the separation from Pharaoh's people, but they're going to be affected when the great pestilence of darkness hits and there comes a great time of death and destruction. Pharaoh wasn't phased by none of it. Right up to the point where his own son was destroyed. Now I want to remind you that as long as they were faithful to God and they killed that goat or they killed that lamb and they took that little wad of hyssop and they dipped it into the blood and they struck it on the doorpost of their house and over the mantle. The death angel passed over them. But in every Egyptian home, rich or poor, elected official, appointed official, didn't matter. Slave, the Bible says it, it hit the people that were in the chambers of the dungeon. They were affected as well. Every firstborn died. And there was wailing. It's going to take something to get the attention of the people. And there's some stuff that's coming down the pipe. And what you need to understand today is that God's going to see you through and not to get discouraged and to keep your eyes focused upon Him. Because if we start looking at the vain things of this world, the vain people of this world, and the things that this world has to offer, and we're looking for that to be our salvation. If you're looking to your bank account, you're looking at the wrong thing, praise the Lord. If you're looking at your new house or car or whatever your job or whatever the situation is, you're looking at the wrong thing. You need to raise your eyes up and look into the hills to where your Redeemer comes from, praise the Lord. Because any else anything else is not going to make a difference. Amen. There's going to be weeping and wailing all over this land. In fact, the scripture says everything that can be shaken will be shaken and there's a shaking coming right now. Amen. Uh, there's a cry that's going to come across the land and the apostolic church has to be ready and has to be prepared and we need to know who our God is. We don't need to be waiting to figure out how powerful he is. We need to understand that he can do great Great exploits even today, praise the Lord. If we walk out of this building and we see pestilence or we see destruction, we need to have the faith that we can speak. If the mountain is falling, we need to have the faith to speak to it. Amen. God is going to do great things and he's going to use, you need to wrap your head around this, he's going to use his people, his church. There is no weapon formed against you that will prosper, amen, in this age that we're in. God is preparing you, he's equipping you, he's strengthening you, and he's encouraging you right now to stand up and take hold of what he's offering, amen. He's offering us the... I wish the church could grab a hold of how powerful we are. 
there are people all over this world that are going to start crying. Amen? And they're going to cry out to God. And you know what they're going to cry for? God, help me. And you know what his help's going to be? The church. That's why he put the church where it's at. We're going to be the help. Amen. And we must be prepared. We can't sleep and we can't. What, what was the parable about the ten virgins? Five of them had oil in their lamps. Five of them did not. Fifty percent of the church wasn't prepared. I can't speak for the apostolic church abroad worldwide, but I can speak for this assembly. We're going to be prepared. Amen. We're not going to, there's not going to be 50% of us that aren't prepared. We're going to be prepared. 100%. We're all going to have oil in our lamps. We may, hey, they, they, may, they may laugh. They may pick fun of us. They may say whatever they want to say. But when we get up here and we begin to dance and worship and praise God and we're seeking him and we're following after him, we're teaching Bible studies and we're, we're looking for him and we're reading our Bibles and praying and coming to prayer meetings, praise God. We're in preparation, amen. We're putting oil in our lamps, praise God. We're not going to get caught out in the cold with no oil in our lamps. I'm here to preach to you tonight that 2023 is going to be like no year that you've ever seen before. If we will believe, do you know what it takes one catastrophic event and people start you know what's fixing to happen the enemy always jumps the gun amen he always he try, he gets one foot out in front of the other he, he always he launches too quick he can't help it because he doesn't understand the ways of God he's not like God he is not God. Now listen, you need if you haven't ever grasped anything from this preacher the whole time I've been preaching here in 12 years, you need to grasp this. Lucifer is not the co-equal dark side of God. He is one angel that was cast out of heaven. Guess who cast him out? Jesus said, I beheld. Satan, as lightning, as he fell from heaven. He was up there kicking him out, and he was down here watching him at the same time because my God can do anything. He can be everywhere. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He's all-understanding. He's even all-loving, praise God. He loves us. He loves us. He cares enough about us to not let us get caught with empty lamps. He's not, Lucifer is not some dark God that's equal in power and authority. He is a fallen angel. Fact is, me and Brother Floyd was talking before service. I said, you know what's amazing? Is there's one angel. The scripture doesn't even, it doesn't even qualify this angel with a name. 
doesn't say it's Michael or Gabriel. Or... He said there was one angel that wraps a chain around Lucifer and cast him into the lake of fire. And you need to hear me tonight. I don't know how many times I've said that, but probably about 20. Somebody needs to hear me. You need to hear what I'm fixing to say. When the enemy, and there is a rampant, Report that he's presenting to you of how you fail God and how much of a failure you are and that you'll never be able to be successful. And when he starts reminding you of everything that you've done, because that's what he wants to do. He wants to remind us of our past because it, it becomes an anchor to us and it holds us and it keeps us from accomplishing it because just the mere thought of thinking that we failed God or we've made a mistake or we've done something wrong, it, it, it hinders us, praise the Lord. And when he starts presenting that to you, he'll usually do it at night, praise the Lord. And when you're all alone and you're thinking about the things of God and, and your eternity comes before you and you start wondering where you stand with God, then the enemy wants to come in, amen, like a flood, the Bible says, and he will present to you everything and every failure you've ever committed and everything you've done wrong and everything that you've never done right, praise the Lord. But the Bible says when the spirit of the enemy comes in like a flood, let the spirit of the Lord rise up, a standard in your life, praise the Lord, and let just start calling on God. And when he starts reminding you of everything that you've done and every failure you've committed, you remind him of that chain that's going to be wrapped around him. When he reminds you of your past, you start reminding him of his future. Hey, I may have made a mistake right here, but I want to remind you of something. I was, I repented of my sins. I was buried in the name of Jesus and baptism. I was filled with God's spirit, but now I want to, I want to remind you of something. There's one angel and we don't even know who it is or what his name is. And he's going to wrap a chain around you and he's going to kick you into a lake of fire and I'm going to be raptured up and spend eternity in heaven where you once was. Now I'll be forever. Why don't we stand? You musicians would get ready. I believe in this hour that the adversary is trying to beat God's people down. The fact is, same tactic he tried to use on Moses. Moses called God. Moses said, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And as we preach about salvation, we preach about the power of the church and what God has called you to do in this hour. There's some of you that second guess that. Don't feel bad. Moses did too. Moses didn't understand who he was. But you know the grace and the mercy of God will take you through every disappointment that you've ever faced, ever experienced. 
I may have fell yesterday, but today's a new day. You may have fell this morning or before you came across this parking lot and entered into this door. But right now is a new time. Today is a new day. Amen? Your salvation is the most important thing that you'll ever invest in. Amen? And I don't know who it is that I'm preaching to tonight, but I'm here to tell you that God loves you. Brother Dustin preached about the love of God this morning. I'm going to preach to you tonight that he still loves you. He loved you this morning. He loved you last night. He loves you tonight. He loves you enough to see you through everything that you face and every, everything that you've ever done wrong. Amen. I quoted it a while ago, but David said, I was born in iniquity. I was shaping in iniquity. I was, I never had a chance. When I drew my first breath, I was a sinner. But you don't have to leave a sinner. You may have walked in one way, but you can walk out another. These altars are open. Why don't you make your way up here? Find your place again with God. Begin to pray and see. The Bible says, Jesus said, taste and see if the Lord is good. Taste and see if the Lord is good. Whatever disappointment you've had, God knows about it. You're not going to fool Him. You're not going to hide it from Him. You're not going to hide it from Him. But if we will be true and we will confess our faults to Him, we repent, we're baptized in His glorious name, filled with his spirit then we are heirs to the kingdom the scripture calls it being born again and unless we're born again we cannot see the kingdom of God that's what the scripture says come on pray that prayer right now God forgive me God, help me. God, touch me. God, help me to put my past behind me and give me a snapshot of my future, the future that I have with you. Give me an idea. Help me. Walk with me.